Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by DeerCast. You're here with Mr. Matt Drury. And Mr. Tim Chalsvik. Yeah, and we got two great guests today joining us via Zoom. We've got Mr. Mark Drury. What's up, Mark? Hey, how's it going, guys? Good to, good to be on the show. All right. Who else do we have? We're good, Mark. And we've got Brandon Maddox from Silencer Central. Brandon, how are you? What's up, Brandon? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for joining us. So this is, this is a special episode for us. We're wanting to kind of dive into the firearm season, starting to roll out for a lot of states. Mm -hmm. And we felt like it'd be a great opportunity to have Brandon jump on, talk a little bit about Silencer Central, and then have Mark talk a little bit about his real world uh, experience using it last season with his crew up in uh, Missouri so and Iowa. So that's kind of the general set of topics for today. Yeah, I'm excited about digging into this because I know a lot of people are interested in silencers or suppressors and they're just not sure like what is the real impact and we'll probably touch on the process a little bit. I know we had Brandon on earlier in the year. We talked about that, but uh, but really it's getting easier and easier and it's opening up so many more doors for people. I, Brandon, real quick, I just want to say I actually used Mine this weekend, I was getting ready for my son had a youth season uh, hunt coming up in Missouri. So we were out using the Winchester 350 Legend, the XBR, with the banish on it. And it's, I mean, for kids, it mm -hmm. is a very helpful thing to add to your arsenal because uh, it just kind of reduces the recoil and obviously reduce the sound, which is always kind of an issue. He's nine years old, so he he did great. And I wanted to say thank you, first of all, just for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's exciting. That's good news. I yeah. like to hear those testimonials. <laughs> yeah, always good. So let's jump into it. Brandon, real quick, before we dive into the hunting side of it, is there anything you want to start out with in regards to the process? Has anything changed in, in regards to the legalities or you know anything that uh, the users at home need to be aware of? Yeah, good question. So, you know, recently the ATF went to an all digital process, which of course we're dialed into. So again, if, uh, you know, we find the biggest obstacle to someone purchasing a suppressor is just the process. And again, Silencer Central's license in all 42 states where the suppressors are lawful and we do all the paperwork for the customer. So we're going to basically hold their hand through the whole process, manage all the paperwork for them, let them sign it digitally, really sitting at their own couch, not even have to get off their couch. And then we mail the suppressor to their front door. So um, again, if the biggest obstacle we find is the paperwork and going through the process, um, you know, we've got that figured out. So I would encourage them to you know, check us out and we'll help them get it figured out from start to finish. And that's a lengthy process, but by going through you guys, it seems like it does tend to shorten it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, the ATF, we're seeing a little over six months now. So between six to seven months, which is great. I mean, I've been doing this almost 20 years, so I've seen it as long as a year and a half. So mm. to scale it down in that six to seven month range is, is not bad. You know, the other thing is we also let people pay while they wait. We don't charge any interest or any fees. So a lot of guys like that, you know, if you just pay for it monthly, if you're waiting for six months, split it up into six or seven payments and, you know, it kind of makes it go by a little easier. By the time you get it, your wife won't even know. Exactly, totally. That was, that's actually how it started. I used to work gun shows all the time. And the guys are like, man, my wife's going to kill me if I spend this much money today. Just, well, how about you give us a hundred bucks today and get it started and just pay while you wait. Yeah. Well, kinda, it, it's kind of, it's worked out really well. I call it the wife easy pay. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's something you, a lot of guys are only thinking about once they start approaching deer season, like, oh man, I wish, I wish I had that. So don't let that happen to yourself next year. Just yeah, yeah. start it now and totally. you'll have it in plenty of time to get sighted in and it'll be one totally. less thing to worry about. Yeah. And so I guess what I'll do too is if anyone calls in and hears it like the fourth quarter of 2023, we'll do them a buy one, get one free. So if someone Whoa. hears this podcast and wants to call in, we'll let them buy one of our suppressors. We'll give them another one free. Hey. Wow. How about it? <laughs> Yeah, sweet. That, this is breaking news right here. Wow. <laughs> well, Thanks, we Brandon. appreciate that, Brandon. Thanks. Yeah. So just go to the Silencer Central website, right? Yeah, or even call our guys. We'll just tell them you heard it on the um, podcast here and we'll take care of it. All and right. That, that is something that's important to mention. I think Mike uh, was working with me last year. One of the, like, 
It's not a like a call center over in Waziristan. The, the, <laughs> I I think Mike was in Iowa or like he was in the Midwest somewhere, and he knew his right. stuff and very personable to work with. And and it was like just having a buddy walking you through the process, and it was just a whole lot of nothing. So I appreciated that. Yeah, no, it's worked out really well to have like a call center here in Sioux Falls. All the guys are hunters, and they usually give you their cell phone, and people text them and ask questions. Yeah. So kind of like as you're going through the process that something comes up, you can text somebody. So the goal is to make it easy because we find that when people find it's easy, they buy another one and they tell their buddies. So that, you know, it works. Absolutely. Well, we've got someone on that has a whole season of hunting under his belt with the suppressor. So Mark, I'm curious, like what was, what were, what were some of your impressions and what opportunities did that suppressor uh, afford you last year? Well, my impression was probably very similar to a lot of your listeners, Tim. Like, you know, there's a bit of an unknown if you've never used one before. Mm-hmm. Almost like, what's this going to be like? What's the process? How's it going to perform? And, and all of those things, you're used to shooting a rifle with the loud bang and the recoil. And you're like, how is this going to work? Well, I, I'm that guy. I was that guy last year. You know, this was the first time I'd ever shot a suppressor. And we put them on on several different uh, guns. And I'm just here to tell you, don't be afraid that it's going to change anything other than make life easier and better for you. Mm. It reduced recoil. It uh, totally reduced the, you know, the sound in terms of shooting animals. We probably shot, I'll bet, 25 deer with them between, between antlered bucks and does. And there was one night in particular, Perry and I went into a field. It was a Northwest wind at like 18, 19 mile an hour. So it's galen. And we were like, mm-hmm. we've got some doe tags to fill. There was a fresh snow on the ground. It was Missouri rifle season. And we were like, with this wind, couple that with the suppressor, we should be able to really do well. And, and they started moving early that night. And we shot 10 adult does between the two of us. <laughs> and that was taking turns. It was a field that was soybeans and there wasn't any other food around. So there were a lot of deer coming there. But my point is like we continued to shoot them and it did not affect other deer that were on the way to the field. So couple the wind with the suppressor and it it just quite simply it just worked to perfection. Um, you know, that was on a 6.8 Western. The recoil was severely reduced. Mm-hmm. You don't even notice it. And that's a gun that's that's got a little wallop. Um, and that really took it down. I mean, it took it down to, I want to say it felt like a 243. Uh, so our, our experience with them, I could not say more good words about how effective they were. And it was everything I thought it was going to be and, and more. Mm. Brandon, I have a question on that aspect of it, because obviously I understand the silencing side. Why, how does it help in the recoil side exactly? Yeah, good question. So, um, you know how a brake typically pushes the, you know, the gas back. So a similar concept with the baffles inside the suppressor, it's pushing that gas back and it's slowing down the progression of the gas coming out. So the good thing is the suppressor, you're going to see the same recoil reduction you would in a muzzle brake, like that 40 to 45%. So it's definitely noticeable, which typically helps people just shoot better. You typically see better accuracy with a suppressor as well. Is that because there's less flinching at the shot? Or is the gun just moving less? Yeah, I think all the above. So part of it is less flinching, but also a little extra weight on the end of the barrel, almost like a bull barrel. That Mm -hmm. helps to sort of stabilize it. But yeah, no, a lot of people are afraid that it's going to slow their velocity down or hurt their accuracy. It actually speeds up velocity and it helps their accuracy. So it's kind of a (sighs) win-win. I was going to say that was going to be my take on it was the weight on the end of it because it does, I mean, it is a heavier aspect to the the firearm, but yeah. that being said, it almost acts like a stabilizer on a bow. It feels like. Mm, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And of course the ones you guys are using are all titanium. So it's not adding that much weight, which is a benefit. You know, it's, it's, that's another thing a lot of hunters are worried about. It's going to add too much length or weight on the end, but with, you know, we've got different models to help sort of offset that, but with that titanium, it's super light. So it's not like you're going to feel like you have a whole lot on the end. Well, the, the 350 legend, uh, the Winchester XPR that I bought was pre-threaded for a suppressor. And it just, I don't know for sure, but I think the barrel's a little shorter on, yeah. on, on that gun to accommodate for the extra length of a suppressor. 
Yeah, we're seeing that as a trend. You know, rifle manufacturers are coming to us saying, hey, they're shortening their barrels so it can accommodate a suppressor because they're getting so many requests from their consumers. So it's a good time for us. That's great. Definitely. So, so Mark, in general, what type of, did you feel like there was any difference in the performance of the actual ammo or same performance that you always expected of what we shoot as the deer season XP mostly? Uh, any changes there? What were your thoughts? No, we shot enough to, I could, you know, you know, quantifiably say there's no difference in the performance of the ammo. I mean, uh, it was knocking everything right down. So, and to Brandon's point, I feel like I probably shoot it a little better just because you're not going to hear it. And then of course I use hearing protection at all times. When you mm -hmm. add that to the suppressor, I mean, it's just like, it's not even going off. And, and I'm glad to hear that he quantified the re recoil reduction at 40, 45%. That makes, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, like I said, it was just a, an amazing experience. And I know we, we shot some deer and then had them out on deer season 23. And I saw lots of questions. And one of the ones I saw was, well, why would you do it? Why do you need that? And, and um, I guess I would almost respond back. Why would you not? You know, if, if, if we're, you know, one of the things we really focus on in our farms is lack of intrusion. Mm -hmm. And if you can reduce that sound and reduce the overall effect you have on the herd, why wouldn't you? And if you can reduce recoil, why wouldn't you? So, um, like I said, I, I just absolutely loved it. I mean, it was a, a game changer for us and a whole new chapter, you know, after years of hunting with a, a rifle during the Missouri rifle season, you don't get a lot of news. Well, this was brand new and we, mm. we all really enjoyed the process and really enjoyed the results. Uh, Brenda, I know you mentioned uh, increased velocity on, on the bullet. Um, and, and Mark, maybe you can speak to this as, as you guys are as you guys are going through the kind of the sighting in process after you put the, the suppressors on, but what do people typically expect? Like maybe at a hundred yards, is there an appreciable difference in point of impact? I, I mean, so, so typically when you first put the suppressor on, you need to recite it in with it on there. Cause it can just having that extra weight on the end, you're, since you're not going to get as much jump, it'll typically shoot a little bit lower. Okay. But once you sighted in with a suppressor, every time you put that suppressor on, it'll be sighted in the same, but typically you will see it shoot just a little bit lower. Cause you're not getting as much, you know, barrel jump. Mm. Okay. And that's what we saw. It was just a little bit though. It's not, not a lot, yeah. honestly, just a few inches. Yeah. So it's, it's not hard to, keep track between where your scope is with suppressor versus not interesting because it sounds like that's as a result of the added the added mass to the gun and not because the the projectile is moving slower right yeah and just you know people sometimes forget that the hole through the middle of the silencer is bigger than the bullet so nothing's touching so that's why it doesn't slow it down it's almost like a bull barrel it's kind of pushing it a little bit like having a longer barrel on there yeah it's pushing it out speeds it up and it's not a lot it's like 10 to 15 feet per second increase okay what about cleaning uh, you, you know uh, you think about after after a hunting season and making sure that you're putting it away and it's in good shape what is what that, does that process look like yeah so Pretty much every one of the banished suppressors comes apart to clean. So it comes with a tool where you take the front end cap off and then you just sort of push the baffles out. Um, the baffles are all the same. So it doesn't matter which order you put them in, but typically people will soak them in like a CLR calcium lime rust remover. It's like an acid. It'll eat that carbon off mm -hmm. and then just dry it off really good and put them right back in. So it, it will help it continue to be quieter if you clean all that carbon out. Okay. Sometimes that carbon can decrease the amount of volume in the suppressor and will make it louder if it carbons up. So mm -hmm. that's a nice thing about the banish line is you can take them apart and clean them. Well, one thing that when we first started shooting them, I just not knowing any better, I had wondered if as you unscrew it and then screw it back on because you were kind of, you know, going, putting it in the gun case and taking it out and, you know, traveling with it or whatever. I, I wondered if that had changed the shot, you know, changed your pattern at all, but it really, it doesn't mess with it at all, really, does it? No, no, absolutely. It always, that silencer always shoulder on that barrel hand tight, like as tight as you can get it with your hands. It's always going to shoulder in the same place. So it's going to be the same every time when you go to shoot it. Yeah. Pretty, pretty awesome. Really? <laughs> I, you know, I, I see a lot of guys that have like fabric tape wrapped around their suppressors. What's the purpose of that? 
You know, I was in Africa recently and I saw a guy had that. It was more of a camel, but you know, we also have like wraps that people put on there too, that we sell. And the, the benefit of the wraps is like, if I shoot prairie dogs, it can get really, really hot. Mm-hmm. So then when you're done shooting, you can grab it and take it off more quickly. Mm-hmm. Also, sometimes you can get a mirage. If you're sitting at a bench and you're shooting a lot you can get like a heat off of it and you'll see a mirage in your suppressor, um, like through your scope, you'll see that coming up. So that'll mitigate that. What's interesting too is the um, you know the the wrap covers we have will actually um, mitigate the sound even more. So you know, it'll take another it'll shave another two to three decibels off. It's got like a rubber coating to keep it from creeping off. Mm-hmm. Again, that's sort of like from my days in prairie dog hunting, where a lot of shots over a long period of time will start creeping. So we put like a little rubber finish on there that holds it in place, and that actually absorbs some of the sound and makes it even quieter. Uh, makes yeah. sense. So Mark, is there anything different you guys are doing this year as far as your hunts go or or you're planning for how you guys are going to do some doe management or is it now that you've used it for a season and anything you're going to adjust going into this season because of that? Not, not really. I mean, it, it performed very well for us last year. We've got a, a new property that is just overrun with does. So we have a, um, you know, a plan to go in there and work on those this year. Whereas the places that we managed the does last year aren't nearly as bad. We've kept that population in, in, in check. So we're just looking forward to hunting that new farm and putting those suppressors to work on, on that doe population. They don't know what's about to hit them. I know that. <laughs> Very good. What, what I keep hearing people talk about, and, and Mark just typified it this morning, is it doesn't really, it, it, it adds no extra work or complexity to your hunts it just it's all on the benefit side no doubt no doubt totally i know that's what some people are a little skeptical of they're like well you can still hear the bullet you can still hear it breaking a sound barrier how does that really help but you know and mark can probably speak to this too but it's very unusual i was in um, south texas on an oryx hunt a couple weeks ago and we shot a male that was in there with you know like the females and it's almost like the females didn't even hear the shot. I mean, of course we heard it, mm-hmm. but um, it was it was quiet enough that it didn't really distract them. I mean, they were like literally walking over to see what happened to, you know, the buck that's down. So it, it's interesting because a lot of people think, well, it still makes noise, still breaks the sound barrier. How does that really help? It's amazing how the the deer and the animals just don't seem to they don't have the same natural reaction they would have when you don't use the suppressor. It, it's just a different type of a sound. It's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain it, but it just using it again, like I said, this weekend with, with my son, it's just, it's just a different type of, it's, it doesn't remind you of a gunshot. Uh-huh. It, it, I don't know how to explain it though, what sound it would remind hmm. you of, but it, it just not very loud. I mean, you still need to wear, you know, I, we still wear, I still had hearing protection on him and I'm trying to make it sound like nothing for, you know, a nine-year-old, yeah. but it really, with that and, and a 350, it really wasn't bad at all. Hmm. I like it. Yep. Agreed. I mean, it, there is a crack to it, um, but it's so minimal compared to what you're used to. And like I said, we added wind that night, you know, intentionally it was a windy day. So we took advantage of that and you couple the wind with the, with the suppressor. And I mean, it was down to, I think from their perspective, pretty much nothing because they'd hear it and they'd react a little bit, but they really wouldn't leave the field. So it, it was, uh, it was pretty awesome. And, and like I said, when I first started uh, talking, like this was all new to us. Like I was unfamiliar with it. Mm. And everybody at Silencer, Silencer Central has been so great to work with to get us set up and, and get us ready to go afield with it. And that was what I liked about it. Like the process was seamless and the results were fantastic and pretty easy to achieve. So from a hunter's perspective, like it's not a big deal. Like I used to always think, oh, a, a silencer. Well, how do you even do that? Like there was a lot of unknowns mm-hmm. to it, you know, and it's really not that difficult yet. The results are pretty, pretty darn awesome. Not that difficult because of these guys. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> that's what, yeah, they've been wonderful to work with. And that's the thing that's impressed me most. Everyone that I've talked to or met at Silencer Central, it's like you've known them for years. You know, they they treat you like family. And that, I think that helps you get through the learning curve and helps you get over the what is this all about? Cause it, it is new, but in reality it's, it's pretty easy to do. And, and the results are fantastic. Well, and, and while a lot of manufacturers now are selling barrels pre-threaded silencer central can actually machine thread, you send them your barrel and they can do that process. So you don't have to go get a, 
a totally different gun or new gun. Correct. They can just take your your existing barrel and and machine that. Which is what we did with almost all of I think all of our guns yep. we had to have threaded. So that was an easy process. You reached out to them, told them what you needed to have threaded, what the gun, you know, you had to give them some specifics. They sent you a gun case. You had to take your scope off if you already had it scoped yeah. or you know anything like that. You ship it there. I think it was maybe two weeks. I, I, Brandon, do you recall what the usual wait time is to get it back? Three weeks? Something. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Guys are really, I always say guys are funny about get, letting their uh, rifle leave their house. I, I sometimes <laughs> say it's almost like their wife left the house and they don't know where they're going. They want, they really watch that for his timeline. So our goal is really a week turnaround. So yeah. That's usually our goal. But going back to Mark's feedback. So I know the listeners realize this, but boy, you guys being honest and respectful, you guys were tough on us far as like tough being like skeptical, like, is this going to work? And how's this process going to be? And I feel like you guys really vetted us super hard. You guys pushed us really hard on calls. I mean, it, it was a long process. So to hear now at the end that you guys are really pleased because, you know, some people you work with, they just say, oh, we'll figure it out. You guys really dug in. You ask a ton of questions. You want to know every detail, which I loved because I feel like we have every answer. But to hear the feedback now from you all sort of after the fact excites me because you guys were hard on us, which I love. It's good. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Mark and Terry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> but even even going through the process of you know set setting up a trust there's different ways to go about you know the whole process yeah. and you guys were very informative on that and still are when i have a yeah. question if i need to add someone to our trust or take someone off it i, I reach out to someone there and they go through it and, and do all that on the on kind of the mm. the clerical side of it and it's amazing to me brandon is one question I had, and you might be able to touch on a little bit. I had asked about my son. I was like, do I need to add him to the list? They're like, well, if he's under 18 and you're there assisting through the whole process and you're by his side, you don't have to uh, add him to your trust or take him off. Do you want to kind of go through that process a little bit for all the guys that are wanting to, you know, use it for you season with their, with their sons or daughters? Yeah. Good question. So, you know, there's two ways you can buy a suppressor. You can buy it as an individual or you can buy it with a trust. We offer the trust free to all of our customers. You know, we have a custom trust based on each state that, you know, meets the state laws for the state you're in. Mm -hmm. And we really recommend the trust because it does allow you to share the product. So normally what we recommend is someone would go through the process just as themselves. So then the uh, FBI just does a background check on that person for the trust. But then once it's approved, we can add anyone you want that's 18 or older and the ATF's not really involved or the FBI. So there's no additional background checks or vetting or even updating the ATF or FBI. Just makes the process go through quicker if it's one person. But yeah, as long as uh, someone's there with you, um, you know, the way I've heard it explained by ATF when I've asked them is you haven't lost possession if you can still see the person you're hunting with. So say your son, you know, if he's in the field, you can still see him and you're there with him. You're totally fine. Um, if he wanted to take it out on his own hunting, of course, he would need to be 18 and be on the trust. So if he was like in possession of it by himself. Mm -hmm. But of course, um, that's easy to do. It's a scenario where you just call us and literally a stroke of your pen. You can add your son when he turns 18 and then he's sort of a co-owner of the trust and can take it out and use it. And then, you know, eventually he'll get married and he can add the spouse and, you know, then kids and same thing like that. Let, let me ask you, this brings up another question for me then. So <clears throat> in regards to hunting with someone that's over 18, so of legal age, and if you're hunting in a, say we had a guest come into camp and hunt with us, they weren't on the trust. Would they be able to, if they're, in, if you, if the silence are still in your, uh, um, you know, in your possession, you're in the blind with them, are they able to, or no, they need to be added yeah. to the trust. Yeah, as long as they aren't in possession of the suppressor by themselves, as long as you're there with them, it's fine. They can use it as well. Okay. Yeah. I didn't but know if that. They wanted, if they wanted to take it on their own, you would just add them. You know, so sometimes ATF asks us what our recommendation to people is on adding. Typically, I say encourage that person to have a concealed carry so then you know they've had a background check. If it's someone you're adding, you don't know that, yeah. you know, as well. Gotcha. Brandon, what about when, when someone passes away, like, like, you know, someday I pass away and then what are the implications for my kids? If they're on my trust, is there any additional work that has to be done at that point to ensure that that, that transfers over to them somehow? Yeah, good question. So typically you would have added them to the trust. So they, they become like a co-trustee and then they would have possession of it, which is perfect. And then they can pick who the, uh, 
you know, the beneficiary is typically very vague in the trust. So then they could give it to their kids when they pass away, but there's not really anything you have to do, which is the benefit of the trust. Cause the problem is if you pass away and the suppressors in your name, you have to do like a form five and it's the same paperwork we did to transfer it to you, but you have to do it on your own to the Mm. feds and it's, they have to have a background check, but it's so much easier in a trust because essentially the trust owns the suppressor. And then you have sort of co-owners of the trust. So other people you add that are 18 or older are kind of co-owners, which works nice. The only thing that really changes in that trust is once you pass away, they can't make any changes to it. So they can't add other people. Ah, gotcha. Good to know. Yeah. Very informative. Well, is there extremely informative? Yeah. I was going to say, Mark, do you have any other questions for him? No, I did compliments. I mean, like I said earlier, everyone there just treats you like family. And I I think that's, that's important and easy to see why they're so successful with what they're doing. I mean, it's been a pleasure to, to work with them and uh, it's been a lot of fun to shoot them in the field. Again. No, again, we appreciate the feedback. Like I said, I, I, I know you guys vetted us hard, so that's why I'm excited to hear the great feedback. <laughs> been through the spanking machine. <laughs> Brandon, is there, outside of going to the Silencer Central website, what are the other ways that people can go and start the sign-up process? Because I, I know there's another couple ways they can go about it. Yeah, totally. They could call us. You know, if you go to the website, you're going to see our phone number on there. Um, you know, when we survey our customers, they have an equal experience, whether they buy online or over the phone. But I, I kind of like the phone because like you all said, you can text your sales guy and say, hey, you know, what's next? Or, you know, how do I do this? Or even later, how do I add someone to the trust? Just you kind of have someone helping you manage it. But either way, you could buy it online or you can buy it over the phone, whatever works best. But, you know, follow us on social media and see updates of cool firearms and nice hunts people are doing with their suppressors. Now, can you go to uh, like a Cabela's Bass Pro type of a, a store and sign up for these as well? You know, we don't really have any kind of relationship with them. The ATF's funny about they want us to do the paperwork only for our customers, sure. so they can't. We can't do it for like other people. But um, you know, it's definitely an area of opportunity for us to look at and see if there's ways to partner with other people. Um, you know, our goal is really at Silencer Central to be like a single point of contact, so that if you call here, we're both the manufacturer, the dealer. And all you know, sort and the wholesaler. We're essentially doing everything, um, but we also have other products too. We carry every suppressor on the market. So if someone wants a suppressor they don't see on our website, encourage them just to call us because we carry everything. We're the largest silencer dealer in the nation. Awesome, perfect, great. Well, I think that covers most of what I had questions for. If there's anything else that Brandon you want to uh, to leave us with, or Mark, feel free here. I just say thank you. Appreciate all the support and all of the help. I mean, it's been uh, been a fun process and we look forward to continuing to shoot them this fall and beyond. So thank you for everything, Brandon. No, absolutely. We've enjoyed working with you and your team as well. I mean, the only other thing I would say is it's sort of a call out for conservation. So one thing at Silencer Central we do is we give away free silencers to conservation groups for them to auction off at their local chapters. And then 100% of those proceeds go to conservation. So if anyone's a member of any conservation groups where they're trying to raise money, uh, feel free to reach out to us as well. We'll give free silencers to those events. And then the chapter gets to keep 100% of the proceeds. It's kind of a way to help us get our name out there and help people get involved in the process, but then also to benefit conservation. You know, we're in almost November. I think we're up to about two and a half million dollars we've given away this year to conservation. So it's something we're proud of and excited about. Wow. Awesome. Wow. Good for you. (laughs) And then Brandon, how do people take advantage of that buy one, get one free deal that you'd mentioned earlier in the show? Yeah, just call our sales guys. So as long as they call in the fourth quarter of 2023 and say, hey, I heard uh, Brandon talking on Drury Outdoors and he offered uh, to give me a buy one, get one free. I'm interested. Just have him call in. Sounds like just in time for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> hey, honey, guess yeah. what I got you? Merry Christmas <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I got you one of these. Oh, I got one too. It's monogrammed with your name on it too. That's, That's right. Yeah. That's ingenious. <laughs> well, we just want to say thank you, man, and appreciate yeah. everything. And Thanks for having me, guys. Hopefully I'll have some uh, hero shots with my son here. I can text you soon. Okay, awesome. Yeah, if you need anything, just let us know. All right, thank you. Okay, we'll let these guys go and we'll get on with the silliness of the show. All right, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. All right, take care. Thanks, guys. Good deal. Yeah, that's right. I I will say, you and I were talking before we jumped on the show. um, Which we don't normally do. No, not anymore. No eye contact. No, No. we just try to... 
Just keep it just to the show. Save it for the show. Not after that incident. No, we don't talk <laughs> the, the unpleasantness. <laughs> <laughs> but we were uh, discussing how you're wanting to take you. So you got a 350 Legend. You had ordered shoot last year. Or? I don't remember. I mean, it's a process <laughs> to get these firearms, as everybody knows. Just yeah. get the firearm. It's just, the 350 Legends seem like they're always out of stock. <laughs> so I was trying to get the 350. They didn't have that. I got the 350. Uh, I see. Mm -hmm. So you got it in. It's threaded. You went through. <clears throat> so you started the process for <laughs> getting a silencer central banished. Yeah. But have you, you've not got, you've not been approved it's, yet. It's not complete yet. Well, there's, there are some things in my past that are going to make it <laughs> kind of challenging. Remember the Iran Contra hearings? Mm, yes. Well, okay. So, but yeah, there was like, my gun order was somewhere out in limbo for a while. And I was like, I don't know if I, you know, I may end up with a suppressor before I end up with a gun. You should have just pulled the trigger. Should have, should have. So you would have yep. been ready. But apparently if you come with us, I, yeah. then we're all good. <laughs> leave my. Monkey Matt's coming Yeah, today, just leave Cameron go and say, you know what, Cameron, I'm sorry. I can't go. I got a 5% chance of seeing a deer over there with Tim and Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> That's generous, sir. <laughs> but I was mentioning, even I, even I think without the suppressor on it, I feel like she'll be okay on recoil and, and sound with a good set of walkers. The 350 is not that bad as far as recoil goes and yeah and all that yeah so. yeah yeah i'm anxious to get her behind the gun and jim richmond let me use his death grip bog pod so uh so that'll be interesting to see how that further deadens that shot yeah yeah but um yeah so we just shot with cameron and he wasn't really looking forward to shooting the gun you know he's not uh you know, cause hell we only, we did it in the spring for Turkey season. Yeah. And then the next time you're shooting a gun is now. So yeah. it's quite the gap between you almost got to re teach them, you know, that it's not that bad. You I, know? Yeah. I mean, even as an adult, just that anticipation of pulling the trigger, you know, a boom is coming yeah. and it's, it's a little, uh, anxiety inducing. So what I, I did is, and I did the same thing with the, the 410, I had him stand behind me and I shot the first one. Anyways, I needed to shoot to make sure it was still on. So yeah. I shot one and then he could hear the, the level of sound. That's, you know, it's okay. It's sure. not that bad. I'm, you know, I asked him, I was like, are you, did it scary? He's like a little bit, the shot, you know, mm -hmm. but once they get used to that, it's not that bad. So then he yeah. shot four times and first two, he was almost touching bullets there a little bit, a little bit back too far. And then the third one, just a touch low, like, good up and you know good uh left and right okay. just low and then that for so you know each time we start talking through okay here's where your crosshairs are mm -hmm. you know go up the leg and then middle of the body and you know on a broadside you know deer that's kind of what we were aiming for mm -hmm. and and then for the fourth one he drilled it so nice. he was excited it's fun to watch their confidence mm -hmm. uh build but again if if you can go through the process you won't probably make it in time now but you won't but start the process for, you know, the suppressor for next year, it does help. It does help deaden it even more for, yeah. for youth hunts. That seems like with kids, the, the trick is like, sure. They may have fear of a little bit of fear of the shot, but if they fear you as a father more, then you can push them through it. <laughs> yeah. So swap them around a little bit Whatever before you get, mm -hmm. I said, you're going to shoot you're this gonna gun. Make this happen. Daddy needs this. <laughs> no, I, uh, I know better. <laughs> My son does not react well to those types of things. So they're done that. Huh? A lot of talking up. It's like, yeah, man, do you want to try it? You want me to try it first? <laughs> you know, like, what, what do you think? Yeah. The soft pedal into it. Do I need to pay you? <laughs> <laughs> right. I didn't get that far, but I'm not above it. Parenting in the 2020s. <laughs> Very different than the 80s. Yeah. But no, he was all good. So we'll see. We're filming this episode ahead of when this is airing a couple weeks later. So that's why we're talking about this is so today's the October 23rd <clears throat> youth season in Missouri is this coming weekend. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to rain, but the, the temperatures are supposed to be great. So we get good. What and the might, moon. Yeah. And the moon's great. Full moon's the 28th, I think. So, yes. So what I'm worried about is what I noticed, you know, we're at a hundred yards. We were shooting at a hundred yards. Okay. And, <clears throat> It's a still target. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little worried about a moving target. Mm. And I was for turkey season two, 
And, you know, that's 20 yards. So I, I don't know. Cause he did have trouble. He just got glasses two weeks ago and okay. he was really struggling with the scope going black. Is he nearsighted? Um, and don't lie. Yes. I don't know. I'm not the parent that takes him to these appointments. <laughs> well, there it, goes father it, of the he year. He couldn't see far away. That's near Okay, so he's nearsighted. Yeah. Yep. So, um, but it was more, you know how it goes. You, the, you know, trying to look through the scope. If you're not at the right never spot. Shot again. Okay. If you're not in the right spot, that black getting blocked mm-hmm. out in there. Yeah. It's just, uh, I, he struggled with that. So my guess is if we, cause I had zoomed it in all the way to nine so I could see the target really well. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't know. I just have a feeling if something's moving, we're not going to do well. It's going to be like dad taking grandma. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we need it to stand in front of us. So by <laughs> the way, on the field. we're going to Terry's. Yeah. We're going up to dad for, for the hunt. So good. anyways, we'll see. Well, hopefully Sophie kills something. <laughs> Cameron kills something. We got some good stories. Yeah. Hopefully they don't kill their, uh, their, uh, their daddy's bucks. I don't care, actually. It's dad's farm. Oh, I would, I would get sued. So, <laughs> and, and they're not mine. <laughs> my dad and I went went walleye fishing up on Lake Michigan. Or, yeah, it was Lake Michigan years ago. And my dad was always on a quest to catch a 10-pound walleye. He had caught eights and a nine. And like that was his one of his ambitions in life. And we were fishing with a guide. We had planer boards out. like So there's like four, maybe six rods out. And... It's just like you just pick up on one when, you know, when it, it, it the fish is on, you just pick up on it. It does just kind of luck of the draw. You stole your dad's fish. I, I picked up on an eight pounder and he sulked the rest of the day. <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I, I didn't know what I just knew the route was going down. You? It was my, I was like in my 30s. Oh, well, that's different. We just, it was, You're not 10. No, no. We just <laughs> like going Jesus, out like, like, like two buddies going out. And, <laughs> well, it's okay to sulk like you're yeah. a jerk. But if you're if I thought you meant like you were 10 years old and he's like, God dang kid, <laughs> no. bring the damn kid with me. <laughs> like, My dad loved walleye fishing. He, it was not quite that bad. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. All right. What okay. do we got next? We got a question of the day from our buddy, Ben over in DeerCast. Okay, so the question of the day is proudly brought to you by Hunter Specialties. From scent control solutions to the DOD signature line of deer calls, Hunter Specialties has all the hunting accessories you need. So I've been using a lot of the laundry detergent, a lot of the laundry Mm. detergent, a lot of the scent away. You've got like a Donald Trump uh, cadence right now. Huge. Using a lot of the detergent. Gonna well, use it. It's the best. Gonna it's the use best detergent. So I only use the best detergent. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But uh, yeah, so using a lot. It's that time of year where it's just like everything. I, I didn't like today. Probably not gonna, gonna go hunting. It's 80 degrees. But <laughs> yeah. still took a free shower for what reason? I don't know. Yeah, I tend to cut down on the fragrance. Uh, using none. Things just during deer season yeah. in general. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah, anyway. try to be as stink-free as possible. All right, so Ben Frost. Ben Frost from DeerCast. Luckily, it's not Jack. <laughs> is that, oh, it's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. No, it is. If my, my soundboard's not working, otherwise I'd oh, no. laugh at myself. We've been fart-free this whole time? Well, I tried doing the applause when Brandon said he was going to get, if you buy one, you get one free in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that I hit the good. applause button. Didn't work. Hey, Brandon, you got any suppressors for a... <laughs> applause huge hopefully he doesn't watch the end of this because <laughs> right. chris jansen did watch the end of his podcast like he we, quality control yeah he's like hey man i watched the whole thing even after i was off i was like "Ooh, <laughs> we didn't think people watched so uh, <laughs> did we, we say we still bad? good <laughs> anyhow so ben frost wants to know how do i know what phase of the deer season i'm in in deer cast that's a great question and, and an easy answer. It's a pretty common question and people wonder because they're, because they're concerned that, well, you, you know, maybe there's an article that goes up about pre-rut and they're in, they're in Minnesota and it's you know different than it is in Southern Missouri. And they want to make sure that their deer cast is dialed in for where they are. Yes. So first off, there are um, peak estrus dates that are pre-selected by location around the country. Now you can change those, uh, by going into your location settings and selecting 
whatever peak estrus you know based on the biology in the area. My recommendation, if you're in the South, Florida, Mississippi, Alabama, those states where there are a lot of different kind of the peak estrus is kind of all over the place, I would probably consult with, you know, a DNR agent mm-hmm. or a conservation, you know, department nearest you and see if they knew what the peak estrus date was. Yep. You can go into your settings and for your location that you're on, the three dots, you can hit the three dots and, and, and edit your peak estrus. Mm-hmm. And so for the Midwest, like uh, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, probably Kansas, I, my gut tells me Kansas, maybe Western Kansas is different, but for the most part, it's set at November 14th and you're fine. Even if you're in Southern Missouri, you'd be fine yeah. with that peak estrus. Um, but what it does is it slides the whole scale of phases left or right on the calendar mm-hmm. to, to fit the peak estrus date. So, you know, if you're in Alabama, you know, your peak estrus, it, we have a preset there. I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what it, what it was, but it's obviously very much, you know, different from ours up here. Yeah. So you're going to have the other way to know what phase you're in is if you go to um, the daily deer cast, mm-hmm. when you look at that calendar view, of the daily deer cast, It'll say phase three, October lull, or phase yep. two, or phase four. It, it'll tell you right there. So that's the the first place, the easiest place mm-hmm. to see it. Yep. The next place is if you switch to your hourly DeerCast view. There's this is this is tucked away. Like it, we really probably should make this more prominent. It's tucked away, but underneath your hourly uh, breakdown is a is it's just two words it says watch now with a carrot button. So you click that. And then it will populate a list of phase tactic videos for that particular phase. And that first video is always the overview, the phase overview. So it'll tell you what phase you're in. And then the five or six tactics that the juries have identified as key for that particular phase. So that, that I, I, everyone should watch those videos. I will say on those, and I just had somebody recently ask me about this. <clears throat> so on those phase videos, phase breakdown videos, just know that they have been edited out of our 13 TV show. Like we took all of the best information for, you know, a decade's worth of 13 um, phase breakdowns and combine them into this great, really informative video. But what you might see is a date on the beginning of that. It say October, low, sure. October 13th through the 26th or whatever it is. That that probably, unless you're in the Midwest, that probably is not accurate for your location because we did pull that straight from the TV show edit. So yep. that that is one thing that would change. Okay, but just yeah. know it's slid to be on the calendar in the right spot. It, it, it's airing in the mm-hmm. right spot for your peak estrus. Yep. So yep. I don't know so. if we confused him more there or, or explained it. Take that, take that video with a grain of salt. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ben, thank you for the question. If you guys have questions that you want us to answer on air, there's a link in the show notes. You can record an audio question for us. And if we use it on the air, if you hear it, contact me via Facebook Messenger and we'll send you a Dre Outdoors podcast hat. In general, make sure you're staying up to date with your app updates. So not everybody does automatic app updates. If you have to manually update yours, it would be wise to because there's we're constantly making improvements to mapping features and mm-hmm. the feed and all kinds of stuff. So make sure you go to your um, your app store and update your app. Yeah, and and making some features free, like now free users can use maps, so basic mapping features, waypoints. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can drop waypoints, food plots, uh, food plot, and, uh, line areas. distance. Yeah. So there's a couple basic features that the free user can now use. It pays so. to keep your app updated. Yeah. Lots so. of goodies in there. Okay. Let's jump into the wildlife word. It is made possible by Scentlock. Be elite with Scentlock's Bowhunter Elite One collection of premium hunting apparel. No, BE1. B1. That is nice quality gear. Cozy. It's just in general, it's well built it's i mean it's kind of very ergonomical for a bow hunter so Mm -hmm. pockets in the right places um you know it's been so warm i've used mostly just the early season stuff so far this year but you know once the we got a big cold front coming and i'm sure we'll be wearing the thicker thicker warmer weather stuff or colder weather stuff can't wait Okay, deer need to consume about 12 to 16 percent of this macronutrient daily for optimal health is it a fat B, carbs, C, protein, or D, vitamin D? Uh, 12 to 16% of this macronutrient. 
I'm gonna go with carbs because fat and vitamin D aren't macronutrients. So uh, could be protein. I don't know. They might need more carbs. I don't know. Mm. It's either B or C. Mm. I'm gonna go with B. It is protein. C. <laughs> Twelve to sixteen percent, and they can vary a little bit by season based well, on what they're doing. Now I'm curious how many carbs do they need? I don't know. Because because that's what they're doing. They're carving up basically getting ready for winter for their fat, you know, to store all that fat. So they're carving up. That's why, especially late season, and like seeing any corn and like, you know, or cut corn if you have it, uh, beans, you know, those types of things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So 12 to 16% on the protein. So then the remaining is all carbs, carbs or uh, carbs and fat. I mean, there's only three macronutrients. Yeah, I didn't think about that. So, Fats and macronutrients. So, yeah. I'm going to rewind what I said. <laughs> I did know that. Cut that out. God dang it. <laughs> the public school system did fail me. <laughs> but you think about like sourcing protein and I don't remember. I know at one point we had a wildlife word about how much protein was in an acorn. I was going to say that's acorns. What else? I mean, I'm sure there's tons Forbes of things. And, yeah. uh, well, even uh, Dr. Grant Woods went through and like showed the, the amount of crude protein in ragweed. And it was it was high, much higher than you would have guessed just for vegetation. Need to eat some ragweed. But you think about, I mean, horses run on plants. It's a lot of animal there. So do cattle. <laughs> Mark sent a uh, trail camp picture to dad and I the other day. And he's like, is this bad? And it was like eight horses. <laughs> I was like, well, it ain't good. Well, I posted a video in the rack pack on Saturday I night. <laughs> I I heard heard a twig snap and uh looked around and uh looking at Mr. Ed. This sounds heavier than a normal deer. <laughs> it's also going <laughs> a lot. Nang. <laughs> <laughs> Making a scrape. Yeah. Uh, uh <laughs> it we definitely was not a deer. Not great hunters. Nope. But if you need someone to run down, like a raccoon or an armadillo or you're a the man. horse, I you're can do the it. man, Tim. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. Shout outs. We got our buddy Canyon Clark dropped us uh, a comment in the rack pack. He said, My favorite thing is Matt and Tim never kill a deer. Mm. Just kidding. Just kidding. You guys do a great job of keeping it light and real. And I enjoy that you don't take yourselves too seriously. Thank you, Canyon. Well, cool name. <laughs> It's fixing to change. The weather, uh, before we jumped on this podcast with Mark and Brandon, Mark had jumped on and I said, hey, next week, weather's fixing to get great. It's going to be the best week of the year. He's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> it's like- uh, Managing expectations. Yeah, it's like, it's going to be really cold and that could really screw him up. I'm like, God dang it. Yeah, crap. <laughs> it's worse than a woman. Like, <laughs> what? It's too hot. It's too cold. It's- Can't you just stabilize? Yeah. So hopefully yeah. by the time this airs, I think we're going to have killed something more than time. Yeah. I mean, I've killed a doe. <clears throat> I missed one. <laughs> Showed her a lesson. You'll never believe this. The Try Kansas landowner that I hunted with. Yeah. Yeah. Send me a picture of that deer showing no. up. No. Feeder. Are you serious? I am serious. What the heck? He's like, like, be a great story if you could come back and kill him. I'm like, yeah. Be an even better one if I could have killed him the first time. <laughs> Got to sight that I, gun back. I would in. give anything to know what happened in that shot that he survived it. it I don't know. Literally knocked he, him on his butt. And he keeps walking to the camera on the side. You can't the offside. Oh, so yeah, I yeah. don't know what it looks like. I'm dying to see what. And if it's all nighttime stuff, so it's even hard when you. Wow. You know, it's hard to tell really what happened, but I'd love to see it. You could tell that it's kind of like ruffled up, and mm-hmm. so. Yeah. It's one of those where you wish you could have a time machine and tell yourself like, hey, you're walking around chasing a deer that is alive. Yeah. It showed up a mile west of where I hit him. I'd, I'd Which isn't, mile yeah, west. relatively speaking, isn't that far for a deer, but. That one property will hurt you if you go over there. Yeah, Don't yeah. Go over there. And showed back up there. For the love. <laughs> so. Well, you taught him a lesson. Well, Canyon. Cool name, by the way. Thanks for a uh, shout out. What I would love is if all of our listeners go to wherever they subscribe to the podcast. First of all, subscribe to the podcast. Please. And leave us a shout out there and a rating. Hopefully five stars. (laughs) Please make it a good rating. (laughs) If it's a bad one, uh, what the hell? (laughs) I I wouldn't think the bad ones are still listening. You get what you pay for. (laughs) 
All right. Last but not least, we, uh, we're going to welcome some new, speaking of Rack Pack, we're going to welcome some new Rack Pack members. You had just mentioned, you're like, man, we had a real influx of Rack Pack members over the weekend. And then that's when Scott said, uh, Chris Jansen had shared stories about the podcast. So that probably helped. Here we were thinking it was just our own native skill and ability. You know what though? I mean, if you look at like our listens and views and stuff, those couple episodes, like the last few weeks are really, we've had some big deer, really yeah. big deer stories. Mm-hmm. So I saw, and this is a, I'm not going to mention names. I saw somebody mm. on another podcast mm-hmm. saying that one nineties aren't, you know, 200s. Nobody cares clip. about them anymore. Yep. It's funny because every time we have something about a big deer, that's when the views go up, whether it's a, a, a deer season 23 episode or whatever, yeah. like, it still moves the needle. I don't the, care who you are. Yeah. The, the the caveat, I think, within that that I kind of agreed with is if you are in the industry and that, and you're always only seeing deer killed, I can see how like, okay, yeah, I've been there, done that, seen that. But to everyone that just loves hunting, a big deer is a big deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of people that agreed and they're like, that's why I only watch the hunting public and this and that. Not one person, not one person would say, there's a 200 inch deer and be like, eh. Not, not one. You'd shit your pants and you'd screw your shot up some. probably <laughs> like, probably. like all of us, yeah. me, you like, mm-hmm. cause we don't see those deer. I would love to see a 200 inch deer. Anybody saying they, that they're a dime a dozen, they're full of shit. I'd poop at a doe. Yeah. <laughs> and I have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not ashamed Still to say that. that. <laughs> and that's not a knock on the person saying it. Because he is right. It's it's becoming like turkey hunting. Like you, you there was a, a while there where it's like, man, you've seen one, you see them all, you know, die. Mm-hmm. He, he's right in that aspect of the production side. You're like, there are a lot of big deer getting killed. Yeah. But he's just incorrect. And if it was your average hunter, us, you, you would, I would crap myself seeing a 190. If my soundboard worked, I'd show you what that sounds like. I mean, we all know. I think Scott right. knows. Scott does not know. One time your soul left your body. I would have hit the Scott button if my son. <laughs> I'm hitting the buttons. I don't know. Maybe they're playing Any, somewhere. Anyone can push buttons. <laughs> all right. So new Rack Pack members, a uh, private Facebook group. We have uh, Fritz Dreyer, Patrick Banning, Sean Kane, mm. Isaiah Sibley, 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 S. Quint Peepsite. I think that's the fake name this week. S. Quint, Squint Peepsite. Okay. Ron McCorkle. That could be fake. Jace Wells, Corey Hagan, Justin Anderson, Christina Miles. We have a female (laughs) 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 who said it couldn't be done. (laughs) We showed them. (laughs) Derek Barnes. All right. Welcome to the group, guys and gal. (laughs) Guys and gal. And gal. (laughs) We are covering the spectrum here. All the genders. All right. I think that's enough show for the day. Yeah, let's do it. Well, good luck, everybody. Uh, enjoy your hunts. We hope you're having some great luck. We are getting towards firearm seasons for a lot of people. Please, please wear your orange. Identify your targets. Be careful. Don't pull that trigger until you're ready. Don't poop your pants if you see a 200. <laughs> or do, and then pull the trigger. <laughs> All right, till next time. Peace out. See ya. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind check out to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast. DeerCast.